welcome to Pursuit Church Podcast, where we give those far from God the opportunity to pursue Christ. We are so glad you are here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe God has a word for you through today's message. I don't ever get to choose, or I never do choose the songs that they lead us into worship with, but... I felt like those were the perfect, perfect songs for us today. The first song, speaking of Jesus, I speak Jesus over my family. The second song said, let us become more aware of his presence. The third song said, Jesus is in this place. Surely the Lord is in this place. He inhabits the praises of his people. Oh, if we would just become more aware of his presence, for this Jesus Christ is in this place. Welcome, everyone, to Pursuit Church. We're so very happy that you could join us this morning. Before you're seated, I want to look at Luke chapter 4, 13 scriptures here, verses here. Luke chapter 4, starting with verse 1. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by, ev but by every word of God. And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. The devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee in the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will I give it. If thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem, and set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus again answered unto him, saying, It is written, or it is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. This morning, I want to speak on how to overcome the enemy. You may be seated this morning. Now, Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. See, in our world today, there are two kingdoms at work. There is the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. And these kingdoms are constantly at battle. 
That is in our government, our education system, our churches, our families, our homes, and our own minds. But these kingdoms are continually at work 24-7 while we're awake, while we're sleeping. And mankind finds himself in the middle of this battle. The spirit of darkness is constantly trying to pull man in while the spirit of life is constantly trying to win man's heart. Church, if we're ever going to find victory in our own personal battles, in any battle that we may be fighting, we must first know who it is that we are really up against. We must know who we are fighting. We are not fighting against ourselves. We are not fighting against a human. We are not fighting against a feeling. We are not fighting against something in this natural world at all. But again, we are fighting against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We are fighting against what Paul said is the prince of the power of the air. Paul said he is the God of this world that is speaking of the devil. It indicates that Satan has become the major influence on the ideals and opinions and hopes and views of the majority of the people in this world. Satan's influence affects the world's philosophies, education, and business. And the thoughts, ideas, and false religions of the world are under his control and have sprung up from his lies and deceptions. From the moment that God had made Adam, Satan had began to fight against humanity. Now, he doesn't necessarily have a problem with you. But he does hate the one true living God. And because he hates God, his mission is to steal, kill, and destroy everything that God has the intention of building up. Because God loves you, Satan hates you. And for no particular reason other than he wants to destroy everything that God has his hand upon, Satan hates you and Satan has a target on your back. If there is any good thing in you, your enemy is out to steal it. If there's any plan that God has for you, your enemy is out to destroy destroy it. If there's any life to be lived, if there's any joy, peace, or hope, Satan is out to kill it. If there's any faith at all inside of you, the kingdom of darkness is out to get it. Some things that Satan hates is life, joy, peace, faith, hope. And church, if it appears that you have been battling for some things that the devil hates, if it appears that you've been battling for some joy, if you've been battling for some peace, if you've lost your hope, if you've been fighting for your faith, you have not been battling against yourself. 
You have not been battling against your own mind, but you are battling against the one who is on a mission to destroy your soul. Now, this morning I'm not here to give the enemy any credit. I'm not talking up the devil. I'm not praising him for his very coordinated and organized schemes and attacks. But we must realize that as real as anything in this world is, as real as this cough drop that I'm holding right here in my fingers is, that's how real the devil is. The enemy of your soul is real. Satan and his host, his armies of, of, of demons are real and you have a target on your back. He is out to destroy you. And if he was not afraid to come against Jesus Christ while he was full of the Holy Ghost, having fasted and prayed for 40 days, if he was willing to test and tempt this Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you better believe he's willing to come against you. He is willing to test you. He is willing to wage war against you and your mind. He's willing to battle your family, your mind, your body, your spirit. And he's on a mission like never before in our world today in 2022. And he's on a mission inflicting sickness, causing depression, causing confusion, fear, and unbelief all sorts of different things he's trying to put upon the born again Christian to cause the Christian to stumble and lose his faith. Now, how do I know that I'm being attacked? Is everything the devil? Well, no, everything is not the devil. That would be giving him too much credit. In fact, any unconfessed sin in our life could result in that loss of joy, hope, faith, peace. And so the first thing that I would ask somebody that seems to be fighting for their faith is simply, have you repented? Have you come to the cross? Do you still have unrepentant sin in your life? You know, I'm not talking about perfect because nobody will ever be perfect, will never, ever be perfect. And if you think you'll somehow have to be perfect one day, you'll live in condemnation your whole Christian journey. You will not be perfect. But do you have habitual sin in your life? Is there something in your life that you haven't given up that God has convicted you of? Now, that's not to say that you may not need real deliverance. In fact, most habitual sins require the help and the strength of the Holy Spirit to truly overcome. Most Christians, you ask, that have sought to overcome some habitual sin will tell you that it's an everyday battle. They fight every single day. But the question is, are we fighting or are we just giving in? The point is not that we somehow become perfect angels because we won't. But, the, but, but by the help of the Holy Spirit, are we at least fighting? Are we at least fighting every day instead of just giving in so easily? The point of the matter is, 
The Holy Spirit needs to be in control of our life, and the Holy Spirit will slowly sanctify us, but it's a lifelong process. But any unrepentant sin in my life causes the Holy Spirit to not have a place in my life. And so once you've repented and made sure there's really nothing hidden in your heart, that's when the Holy Spirit can really begin to take over and lead you. And again, it's an everyday fight. And so that could be a reason why you've lost your hope. Unrepentant sin. Unconfessed sin. But once we've repented, and every single service I end our services with, if you need to come to the altar or lift your hands, Jesus is in this place, he'll forgive you. All it takes is a couple minutes and God will forgive you. Once you've been forgiven and confessed your sins, that's when the Holy Spirit can, can really lead your life. And see, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. In the scripture we read, he was full of the Holy Spirit and he was led by the Spirit. And I've always thought if Jesus prayed and fasted for 40 days, how much more do we need to pray and fast? How much more do we need to unconnect from the world? How much more do we need alone time with God? So the scripture says, Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And after having not eaten for 40 days, the devil comes and tempts him. I want to stop real quick. You know, it could be prayer and fasting itself that helps you overcome and receive your deliverance. You know, in the New Testament, the disciples, they were trying to cast out a demon out of a man and, and they, they, they couldn't do it. And they went to Jesus and said, why can't we cast him out? And Jesus said, well, first, it's your unbelief. He said, how, how long am I going to be with this faithless generation? But then he says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And so it's important if you're trying to overcome, if you're trying to be delivered of some sort, sort of sin or something, pray and fast. So the scripture says, after Jesus had pray, uh, prayed and fasted for 40 days, again, the tempter shows up. See, it doesn't matter how holy you are. The devil will attack you. Even Job in the Old Testament, the Bible says he was blameless. He was upright. He still faced an aggressive Satan who desired so much to inflict sickness and depression, hopelessness, death upon him. And so I don't find any prerequisite for the devil's attack, but I do find that he will attack anybody and especially those who have put their faith in Christ. And the reason why being led by the Spirit and being full of the Spirit is so important is because we are powerless against any force of the enemy in our flesh. Whether it be some trial, whether it be sickness, whether it be temptation or whatever it is, our flesh is too weak against it. And so again, Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit and being led by the Spirit after having fasted and prayed for 40 days, faced the devil. And the devil said unto him, if thou be the son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. See, the devil tempts him with something very tempting. 
Of course, Jesus is starving after having not eaten for 40 days. He was hungry. The devil is smart. He studies you. He knows you very well, and he'll show up at just the weakest moment. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. What Jesus does is he begins to quote scripture to ward off the enemy. Jesus speaks aloud the word of God. Then the scripture continues and says, and the devil taking him up unto a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. The devil said unto him, all this power will I give thee in the glory of it, for that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will give it. If thou will worship me, all shall be thine. Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Church, again, Jesus quotes scripture. Lastly, he's brought up to Jerusalem. He is set up on a pinnacle of the temple. And it said unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down from hence, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus answers the enemy, saying, it is said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And again, Jesus quotes the word of God to ward off the enemy. And the scripture says, and when the devil had ended all the temptations, he departed from him for a season. What was so effective was that Jesus, being full of the Holy Spirit, used the word of God against the attack of the enemy. Paul the apostle said, The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God is powerful. The word of God is eternal. The word of God is complete truth. The word of God, Paul said, is the sword of the spirit. And the word of God can be used against the enemy of our souls. Church, we can and we should do it the same way that Jesus did. And if we do it full of the Holy Spirit, if we declare the word of God against the enemy's attack, we will find a release from the enemy in our trial of our faith, whether it be a bout of depression whether it be physical sickness, whether it be temptation, no matter what it is, no spirit of darkness is going to stay around somebody full of the Holy Spirit who is quoting the life-giving, eternal, sharper than any two-edged sword word of God. Church, we're fighting real spirits. We're fighting against someone who hates our soul. He has no manners. He has no respect. We're fighting against someone who only wants to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's out to conquer you, but we do have an answer. We can overcome it in the same way that Jesus overcame. We can overcome. Now, I have a few more points this morning 
But for the last few points of my message, I want to be quite practical. And I want to speak to somebody who's tired of the enemy's attack and is ready to fight against him. But I want you to understand first that Jesus has already given us the victory. At the cross, he broke every chain that binds. He purchased our freedom. He already defeated the enemy. The victory is ours. It's just up to us, the born-again Christian, to go out and get it. And so I want to speak to somebody who's been fighting something. The devil is powerful in his attack, but he is not powerful enough to overcome someone who, being full of the Holy Spirit and by faith, begins to quote Scripture in their battle. That individual, being full of the Holy Spirit and quoting the Word of God, has authority against any spiritual attack. Again, whether it be sickness, whether it be fear, whether it be all of this doubt and unbelief, whether it be depression, whether it be temptation, anything the devil may unleash on you, you have the authority in the name of Jesus by the Spirit of God to speak the Word of God against the enemy and the attacker of your soul. And so now to be practical, somebody who's been dealing with fear, people really deal with fear worse than others. They drive in their car and they're always fearful that somebody may hit them. They're fearful for their family. When you deal with fear, or anybody that's dealing with fear, when fear comes upon you, you need to begin to quote out loud the word of God, such as 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, saying, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. You already have the authority. You've just got to speak it against the fear. You've got to speak it against the enemy. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Every time that spirit of fear comes upon you, whether you're driving in the car, whether you're at work or in your bedroom, you get the word of God out and declare, God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Those of you who've been dealing with condemnation, when you feel so condemned and, and the enemy attacks you with condemnation for things you've already confessed, things you've already uh, went to the cross for. Get Romans chapter 8 verse 1 out and declare it out loud. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. When you begin to feel condemned and, and the enemy causes you to feel so guilty and so dirty and so shameful for things that are already under the blood of Christ, you know, it doesn't matter if you did it yesterday. It doesn't matter if you did it an hour ago. If you already repented with a sincere heart, it's under the blood of Jesus. And so when condemnation comes upon you, you pull out the word of God against it and say, there is therefore now. Now, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Those of you who have been dealing with sickness, you need to declare Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. 
or any health problems. Thus says the Lord, by his stripes we are healed. Every day we already have the authority. Every day being full of the Holy Spirit, declare against the enemy, by his stripes we are healed. When the doctor gives you a negative report, declare it out loud. But by his stripes I'm healed. But by his stripes I'm healed. When you wake up in the morning and you remind yourself of that negative health condition that the doctor told you, you declare again out loud. But by his stripes I'm healed. But by his stripes I'm healed. For those of you who have been dealing with depression, you need to begin quoting scriptures of life. When depression or anxiety comes upon you, you need to quote out loud. John chapter 8 verse 12. Thus says the Lord, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. John chapter 12 verse 46. You can quote this. Thus says the Lord, I have come as a light into the world that whosoever believes in me shall not abide in darkness. When that attack of depression comes upon you, when those feelings of great discouragement or anxiety or overwhelming thoughts come upon you, you need to begin to declare, thus says the Lord, whoever believes in me shall not abide in darkness. Speak against the darkness. Thus says the Lord. He said, whoever believes in him shall not abide in darkness church, these scriptures are the written words of God. And when we invoke the name of Jesus and we quote the word of God against the enemy, we bring the attacker under subjection. It may not happen in a moment of time, but if you do it day after day and that fear keeps coming up on you and depression, eventually you're going to subject your enemy. You're going to subject the attacker and he's going to have to flee. See, and I'm almost done. The devil understands authority. This probably won't work for somebody who is off the street and they haven't repented and they haven't come to the cross and they're not filled with the Spirit. But for the church, we who have been blood-bought, we who have joined arms with the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God, we who have been filled with the Holy Spirit, the devil understands authority. And when we speak against him being full of the Holy Spirit, declaring the word of God aloud, we have all authority against the enemy and the attacker of our soul. This morning, we must understand that we all have an enemy fighting against us, battling our mind, our body, our spirit. We are not battling ourselves. We are battling something much bigger. But we also must understand we are not powerless against the attack, but we have a right. We have a right in the name of Jesus to speak against him and invoke the name of Jesus upon him. Like the prophet Zechariah declared, and the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. You know, we don't have to say the Lord rebuke you because we're full of the Spirit. That was Old Testament. But being full of the Holy Spirit this morning, 
we can declare, I rebuke you. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you depression. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you fear. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you devil. Church, I wonder what would happen this morning if some of us who have been under attack, I know the devil has been fighting, but we are not powerless. I wonder what would happen if we would begin to speak against the enemy. I wonder what would happen this morning if you would begin to invoke the name of Jesus against your attacker. Church, let's stand this morning. I know this is not a message that I would typically maybe preach, but I feel that somebody needs a release this morning. The enemy has been fighting hard. He's been coming against you and your mind, but you don't have to put up with it anymore. The church, the blood-bought church is not powerless against him. This morning, I've give some, given some practical ways to overcome the enemy that you can seriously take home and use, but us as a church... Why don't we begin to invoke the name of Jesus upon the enemy? See, the devil's already defeated. We have the victory. The enemy of your soul just wonders, are you really going to use the authority that God has given you to push him back? Because if you do, you'll find a release. You're going to find deliverance. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. For more information about Pursuit, visit PursuitChurchAR.com. Thank you for listening and see you next week.